Good evening. It's so good to be here. I'm so delighted to be with you tonight. Oh, my goodness, yes, as she said, my name is Zechariah, and I am a priest, and I am delighted to be with you as you worship this evening. I am a priest from, oh, I don't know, there's so many things I want to tell you, because I have had the most extraordinary week. Actually, I've had the most extraordinary year. But let me go back for a minute. Let me calm down. First of all, I am a priest. I am a priest and I, I serve out in the foothills of Judea with my beautiful wife, Elizabeth. Oh my goodness, what a woman. I love her so much. When we got married, the whole village came out just full of so much joy and delight because we were quite a match, the priest and the daughter in the line of Aaron. I remember so well the prayers that day. There were so many of them and so fulsome and full of joy and hope. Many of them, many of them were about the children that we would have. And we used to laugh and joke so often because we have a very, very small house. And we would say, where will we fit all these children that we're going to have? And we would make jokes about how we would stack them up and, you know, the things that you say. But that didn't happen. It didn't happen the way I thought it would. Month after month, there was disappointment. Month after month, we would hope. And then Elizabeth would say, no, not this month. And so year after year, decade after decade, we have not had children. And we used to hope. And you know, oh, the neighbors. The neighbors were difficult because like we used to, we used to believe it was a curse from God not to have children. And, and they all did as well. And so Elizabeth would come home crying from the well sometimes because she would say as she walked up to the well to get water, the women would all be gossiping. And as she get closer, they would stop. And she would draw her water and go home. Because after all, surely not having children is a curse from God. I don't know if you've ever had something in your life where you've known it's not true. And people have said things about you which are not true. If you've been accused of something and you haven't been able to defend yourself, we knew, we knew that we kept the law we knew that we prayed. We knew that we were faithful. But this was not the way I thought it would be. But God is good. God is good. We may not have had a child, but we had a good marriage. We had a good home. We had a good lifestyle in many ways. We had food on the table and people we loved around us. Sometimes it's so easy to just be so fixated on the one thing you don't have. And I spent so much time thinking about the fact that we did not have a child. And Elizabeth so longed to have a child. And this was not the way I thought it would be. But then last year, last year something happened. Our division was called to go up to Jerusalem to serve in the temple. And I was so excited. It's such an honor to go up. 
Elizabeth, of course, fussed around and made me a new robe, and she kept on touching me and telling me to make sure that I said the right things, and that I didn't embarrass her as a country bumpkin going up to town. And then the most remarkable thing happened is that the lot was thrown, and not only was I going to serve in the temple, but I had the honor to go right in and light the incense. Only the high priest gets to go further into the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest gets to go behind the curtain. This is as close as a priest like myself can get. What an honor. And so then we went up to Jerusalem, and I remember the day so vividly. Everybody instructed me. They were very careful. I'm a bit clumsy, and they were a bit worried, and they kept on telling me to do things. And so uh, I, I had clear instructions as to what to do. And so the moment came, and I turned to walk into the temple. And all the other priests and people were praying outside. And I stepped in. And as I went in into the dark and cool, the hubbub behind me began to fade. And I walked in, and I was praying the prayers that I, I needed to pray. And I eventually arrived at the table and I lit the incense. And then, <laughs> and then right at the side of the altar, there was this, this being. And he spoke. Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before them in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and of the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. But, but how, how, how shall I know this? I, I am an old man, and my wife is well beyond childbearing years. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And then, and then he vanished. And I thought, Gabriel? Gabriel? I talked back to Gabriel, the divine warrior, the one who interpreted Daniel's dreams to him. Gabriel, I just, I just argued with him. What will Elizabeth say? And so you know what it's like when you're in shock. You continue to do the things you do. And I, I finished at the altar, and I, I went out. And when I got outside, I saw that all the people were gathered in little groups, whispering together. And I don't know how long I had been in there, but um, clearly they'd begun to think I'd died or something. And so as I went out towards them, they came rushing up towards me, and I started to, to speak, and then I realized that I couldn't hear them. And as I began to speak, I realized they couldn't hear me. 
So I tried to act out what was going on, but they must have thought I was crazy. So eventually I finished my duties and went home to Elizabeth. She became pregnant. That old lady <laughs> wasn't the way I thought it would be. Now, now she was pregnant. Our friends and neighbors were actually very kind. They came, they brought meals, they cared for us, they, they used to watch over her. And I watched her intently in that time. Her young cousin, Mary, came up for a few months. She was with child as well, it turned out. I, I couldn't hear what they were talking about, which was very frustrating, but, but it seemed like there was great joy between them. But none of this was the way I thought it would be. Eventually, just last week, just last week, my beloved Elizabeth had a baby. Oh, my goodness, a healthy baby boy. I held him in my arms. But the frustration, I still couldn't speak to him. He couldn't, I couldn't let him hear my voice. I couldn't he sing a lullaby or whisper the prayers over him. But I held him. And then yesterday, yesterday, all the neighbors came by and they wanted to name him. And I could see them all discussing it, and I could see Elizabeth arguing with them, and it's clear that the neighbors wanted to call the child Zechariah. So I grabbed the tablet and wrote in my terrible handwriting, his name is John. And as I handed that over, I realized I could hear their voices. I could hear John's lusty crying. I could speak. I'd come back into the land of the hearing and speaking. I had so many questions, such long conversations with Elizabeth that night as I explained again and for the first time in words what had happened. Now as I hold my son, I have some questions. Why did God wait until now to give us a child? We would have been much better equipped 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Why now? Why now when I'm so old that I won't be able to see him grow up? Why now? What is it about God's plan that needed this baby to be born now? This is not the way I thought it would be. But God is good. God is good. And you know, these nine months of silence, I've learned so much. I've learned how to listen in a different sort of way. I've learned how to watch Elizabeth. I love her more deeply now than I did before I was silent because now I, I can see what's happening. I watch her move. I know when she is tired. I know when she is angry or when she is happy. And in the same way, I've learned to listen to God in a very different way. And he has spoken to me in the quiet. And you know, he speaks to each one of us in the quiet in the darkness, when no other voices are there, he speaks. And one of the things I have loved is praying the Psalms, because so many of the Psalms speak of God speaking. You read one of those Psalms a little bit earlier together, and I wonder if we could just look at it one more time, and perhaps read it together. And as we read it together, 
to think about how the Lord speaks, how the Lord speaks to each one of us, even in the places where things are not the way we think they ought to be, but where somehow we have to learn to trust that God is good and that his timing is good. Will you join me as we read it together? The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes. He does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire. Around him, a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me, my faithful ones, who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is just. May I pray for you. Our good and heavenly Father, we thank you that you speak. We thank you that you speak through nature. We thank you that you speak through people. We thank you that you speak in ways that we can hear and understand even when we are mute, when we are deaf, when we cannot speak. I pray for each one of us here tonight that we will learn to listen more closely to your voice and that when things are not the way we feel they ought to be, that you will give us courage and hope for tomorrow. Trust that you are a God who sees and knows our barrenness. That you are a God who loves us, even when those around us sometimes judge or misjudge us. And that you are a God who will call us to himself. Even as the end of the psalm says, you will gather your faithful ones. Lord, may we be obedient to your voice and obedient when you gather us. Amen.